Baylor Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, returns to the Mosley Show. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, Mac, and I hope you're doing okay. Uh, I've been going through some Theraflu. I know you have, but, uh, boy, thanks for powering through. Do you have any... uh, do you have any meds left, or have you kind of gone through everything? Yeah, I, uh, I've gone through about every med that uh, that they've given me, but um, I'm in in search for more. So it has been uh, it has been quite an ordeal, and uh, and I know that you've been through it or going through it, and I'm I'm glad you're feeling better. I guess we could call it the New York flu. We were both there. We weren't together in New York. We were in the same arena. And then we kind of got it on the way back a little bit. But, uh, Mac, that was quite a scene, wasn't it? Madison Square Garden. Um, It was a reminder of Duke's national fan base. But, man, I thought thought the Bears showed up well. Our folks came in from all over the country. And uh, I kind of got loud at times during that game. So while I knew Duke would have a huge crowd, I – I was kind of proud of the way the the Baylor fans showed up. What'd you What'd you think of that scene? Yeah, no, I thought it was a great scene. Um, you know, I'm grateful for for Scott that you know he's willing to, you know, play those type of games and you know play it certainly in New York where, you know, that's you know really home of Duke's largest alumni base, and uh, I think they had seventeen thousand alums just in that that close proximity and. Um, you know, they certainly turned out, but as you mentioned, and so proud of our Baylor fans, um, they came out in numbers and, you know, they were loud and, uh, you know, I, I thought they, uh, they really, you know, showed well and, uh, and it was a really good, you know, college basketball game, but, uh, thought, uh, thought it was, uh, other than the outcome, I thought, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I know that, you know, I had a, a lot of Baylor fans come up to me personally just saying, you know, how grateful um, for the opportunity to play Duke, for the opportunity to play there in New York that time of year. All right. Can we get Izzo in Detroit off the schedule, though? Do you think maybe we could talk to Scott? I'm, I'm all for him playing anybody, anywhere. A four and five Izzo team struggling, maybe not have been our, our best. in us coming off, what, 11 days probably probably is something we might need to address and I think Scott's even brought that up with me maybe maybe the layoff was a little too long during that break. I mean you want the kids to do well on finals right but still probably needed to play a game in there somewhere yeah isn't that what they call a trap game I mean that was Mm. um, Michigan State you know back against the wall and uh you know, again, you mentioned, you know, we were off for 11 days, and I think that makes a, a big difference. And, look, Michigan Michigan State came out, you know, with and, and played like a team that had their, their backs against the wall, and we, and we didn't. But, um, you know, we'll learn from that one, um, you know, at the moment, at the time, and, and maybe even still today. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, what or how it will help us in the future but but it will help us in the future i think particularly <laughs> when we get into into big 12 play and and you know having to play play on the road yeah i just didn't like the side of like steve smith i think i saw you down there courtside uh i liked you being there but like mateen cleaves i mean draymond may have come out of exile for that game 
Uh, it was just like a who's who of Michigan State basketball. It almost seemed like Izzo brought Heathcoach guys back and then brought all his guys back, and it was like, yeah, it, it, was, uh, the, it was the proverbial buzzsaw is what it felt like. Well, you know, maybe next year we can do that same game, but we can do it in Dallas. Ooh. How about Duke in Dallas? See, that would be cool. And uh, Baylor did that to Duke one year, at, you know, in the Elite Eight, and we took over Houston, Mac, and it was pretty – it was pretty incredible. The Baylor fandom, that was probably one of my proudest days. 35,000 strong probably in that NRG. I hope I'm not padding the numbers. But, like, again, they kind of drowned out Duke in a game. So the Bear faithful uh, can show up. But, boy, that Dallas, that would be a, that would be a really cool venue. Now, are you watching uh, – you've been a little sick. Have you uh, Have you been watching all these bowl games? Uh, your alma mater put it on Oklahoma – Something tells me your mark, uh, Brett Yormark, will be okay with an Oklahoma loss as we send them off into the night, uh, although that drops the Big 12's record to 5-2. and two. And where are you on edible mascots? Uh, the edible Pop-Tart mascot that Chris Kleiman was, uh, was munching on, I thought that was a, one of the stranger scenes we've had in, in bowl season. Well, it makes me want to go to the Pop Tarts Bowl. I mean, that was, <laughs> that, that was pretty pretty cool. All I know is my phone started blowing up about Pop Tarts and and uh, and uh, edible Pop Tarts, and so um, it looked like uh, like a really really fun bowl game. And and then obviously Arizona, you mentioned it, my alma mater. I was uh, certainly proud of them, and and uh, obviously coming in as a as a new Big 12 member, and, and uh, they played played really well and got out early, fell behind, and then, then ended up being able to win toward toward the end. And, you know, so far it's been a really good bowl season for the, uh, for the Big 12. Yeah, I was questioning your decision to push for Arizona after I saw Jed Fish, and I saw that, uh, that quarterback, he's small, but he's really good. I was, I was, I was kind of like, do, do we sure Mac wanted Arizona in this conference? I mean, they, they look, they look good, and uh, isn't that going to be interesting with Utah? Everybody coming in, it's a whole new makeup. But I don't think that's a bad thing to have some of the teams coming in, you know, their trajectory in the right in the right direction. Yeah, no, I think it makes our our conference much stronger. Um, you know, obviously with the sixteen team league, it's it's going to be be hard to win a, a big 12 championship and um but but i also think it can help us in in terms of our league and and you know how we you know prepare ourselves our conference our our teams to get to the 12 team playoff and you know trying to get at least two three four teams there every year i think i think that competition is is going to help us I thought you were going to move on uh, from Dave Aranda. I saw you tonight after West Virginia, and, and I, I really thought that you, that was the direction you were going to go. Uh, I'm often wrong, and I was wrong in that case. I, I, I'm wondering, like, what Dave said. It's the first time I've had a chance to talk to you publicly about this. Uh, that, that resonated with you, not only that next day, but I, I would have to think going to, to sleep that night. I don't know if you slept that night but I was watching you as I do and and I saw you say something to President Livingstone and I I just I know that had to be such a heavy feeling that night 
but you made a decision to keep Coach Aranda, and that surprised a lot of us. Um, looking back, now that you have a little time to reflect, what's the biggest reason, and, and what did Dave say that, that resonated with you that, that just said, you know what, we got to stay the course here? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the, the question. And, and um, you know, those decisions, you know, are always, you know, difficult, you know, when you, 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 you think and you weigh so many, so many different factors. And, um, you know, for, for, for me, you know, it, it was about, you know, look, three and nine, not, not very fun at all. Like, you know, um, I don't think anybody wants to go through, through, through that again, but, you know, I I certainly have a a lens and a and a you know a, a view that you know not not many others have because of my role and, and how much time I spent with Dave and how much time I spend with the football program and so you know I get to see and feel and hear uh, a lot of different things and you know I talked about it before I didn't think we had any core unfixable issues, problems. Um, you know, I knew, you know, how our roster felt about Dave and, you know, particularly, you know, our, our young roster, you know, our freshmen and our, and our sophomores and, and, uh, knew that they really, really still believed in him, that, that he hadn't lost them, that he hadn't, hadn't lost the, the, the staff, um, you know, I, I, I candidly believe that Dave deserved some some grace. It's it's been a hard road, you know, for him since he's he's taken our job, you know, back in 2020 and COVID and you know those things. And then you know he was the head coach when we had the best, you know, the 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 best season in in uh, in program you know program history. And uh, and I think you know that's. Saturday and Matt, I can't remember if this has been public or not, but you know, that, that Saturday before kickoff, you know, Dave had, you know, an hour and a half window and uh, he sat down with Jovan and I, and, you know, talked about his plan that, that, you know, that he had put together and, you know, things that, you know, he was going to do if, if afforded the chance to, to do it right. Um, in order to get us back on the on the right path, and so you know that night when I went to bed, you know I I you know felt good about where my decision was, um, but I needed to to make sure I woke up Sunday morning and still felt the the same way. And you know that Sunday morning again, you know first thing in the morning, Dave, Jovan, and I met met again, and I I still felt strongly. That, that Dave is the right guy. I believe in Dave. Um, that at least at, at that time, at, at this time, he gives us the best opportunity to, to, to move forward. You know, and, and in, since that, that decision, you know, I think Dave has um, carried out his, his plan flawlessly. You know, we've, uh, we've obviously, you know, as you know, uh, made – you know, changes in staff, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. And we still have, you know, one more on-field coach to hire the, 
the, the tight ends coach. Um, but uh, I think we'll get that across the finish line here here soon. I think we've um, we did what we needed to do in terms of keep the players that we wanted to keep. Um, you know, we've lost five to the portal. Um, you know, just being really transparent and honest. You know, probably would have preferred not to lose a a Drake Dabney, uh, a Drake Dabney, and mm-hmm. you know, certainly understood. Uh, you know, Blake wanting to move on. It's been a hard two years for for him. Um, but we've also gone out into the portal and and signed five. And and I think you know, if we can finish it, I think you know, Dave has taken it this far. We need to finish it. We need to to finish it by you know, um, another four to five players out of the portal. And if they're the right ones, then I think we've got a great opportunity to, to get back on track. And again, I've, I've got great faith in him and, uh, and believe that uh, he'll, he'll get it back on, on track. And, you know, I'm certainly going to do uh, all I can to support him. Interesting on this, has he more gung-ho on NIL? He vowed to be. You're the one who kind of sees that on a day-in, day-in basis, day-out basis. What are you seeing in that area? Because he's admittedly, he was slow on the portal, and then he was slow on NIL, and he didn't love the idea. And other coaches have done that, but, boy, I think he's admitted, I didn't do enough in that area. How, how big a part of that was his plan that he kind of rolled out to you, and, and how are you seeing that in practice so far? Yeah. That it um, it it has been a a uh, just quite frankly a different mindset. You know, he's wanted to be uh, very aggressive in uh, in name, image, and likeness, and so that's been prevalent. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of you know certainly noise conversation in the system about what a what a proven quarterback goes for in the in the, in the portal and, and, um, you know, GXG has been, you know, phenomenal as our collective in this space, you know, working with, you know, the athletics program, but specifically working with football, you know, gives us an opportunity to sign somebody like Daquan Finn, you know, out of Toledo, somebody that's taken a lot of snaps and has played in, in some, in some big games and, you know, I, I think, you know, we've done, we've done the same, you know, in terms of the current roster, uh, you know, keeping, you know, the opportunity to keep individuals. And um, we, we still, as I mentioned, have got some work to do, but uh, I think there's a, a completely different mindset from, from Dave and, and, and the way he's um, attacking it. And I think that's, that's the, you know, the correct verb is, he's he's attacking it and um and uh and you know again he's he's the first to tell you that you know he he was really cautious about it and i think you know cautious for good reason um mm-hmm. loyalty to, to to the current roster those types of things worried about culture uh etc but um he's he's been he's been terrific and uh he's embraced it and uh, he's going to continue to be aggressive with it. Did you lean into your old Mac ties, by the way? You you had some time there in the Mac, didn't you? Toledo uh, is where uh, Daquan Finn came from. Did you uh, did you dig in there and 
take a look at the the film on Daquan. I mean, he's a very exciting player. I think I saw like eighty eight touchdowns. That's a pretty that's a pretty amazing number. Yeah, I mean that's a you know that's a, a great conference, and, and obviously in my time at the University of Akron, really familiar with uh, with um, you know with the University of Toledo, and, and certainly you know connections with you know Ray J and, and Daquan, mm-hmm. and so you know all of that you know seemed and and like a like a great fit, and uh, and so I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. You know what what Dave has been able to execute you know, since, you know, since the end of the season, I'm grateful for Javon and Cody Hall and Jeff Grigas for all of their work in, in, um, you know, getting, getting the new staff members past the, 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 the finish line. And, you know, one of my reservations, Matt was, you know, uh, Dave and, and I asked them, uh, can you, can you execute this? Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not really, executing from a position of strength and um and he looked me you know right in the eye and said absolutely and um and he's done that and it's it's um it's been a little bit surprising that um you know for a for a jake spavital or for chris or for a a a keenan hall right that um they 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 know that that um you know, we can't go three and nine again for them, uh, want to come here and, Mm -hmm. and want to coach for, for Dave Aranda and how highly, uh, they, they spoke of him during the interview process and how highly, uh, they speak of him that, um, Hey, we want to come here and we want to work for, for Dave Aranda. Um, that was, that was really, really great to, to, to see and to, and to hear and to feel. Keenan Hall, man, Southern Dallas County, gets you back in the Metroplex. You've had some good recruits from there in the past, but that's uh, tremendous. He comes from South Oak Cliff. So I've been telling people that that may be as important a hire as your offensive coordinator. I mean, Spavital is known, and I think he'll do a great job. But, boy, Keenan Hall, uh, that's kind of exciting because that's an area, you know, you need to get kind of retrenched. And some great players come out of Duncanville, DeSoto, and and I would say Baylor needs more of those players. I I would agree with you, and I think you know I think Keenan adds some juice in in that area and in uh, in the recruiting area as well. And so again, um, I think Dave's done a, a really good job in terms of executing his plan. And again, we uh, we still got to finish it out. All right. Uh, any tense moments uh, as you get ready to to open the Foster Pavilion? I think you've been on a uh, tour today and leading some folks through and, and doing some things. Is everything is everything ready to roll for Tuesday? I'm sure there's some last minute things that need to be, but Tuesday and Wednesday opening night is almost here. I I, I bet it's hectic, but also exciting. Can you believe it's finally here? Doesn't it feel like we've talked about this for? a long time and you pointed to these dates and it sounded so far away. And then you wake up one day and it's like, no, that's, it's the day after new year's and it's here. Like what's, what, what is your level of stress? And then just excitement right now. Yeah. Very little stress. You know, we've sent letters to, to both Cornell and TCU and say, told them to meet us at 650 South university parks drive. And, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and so we uh, we plan on uh, playing both of those games in the in the Foster Pavilion. But uh, you know, you you said it. It um, it uh, man seems like a while ago when we when we began this, and you know, we broke ground in May of of 2022. So literally, what 20 months later, we're gonna we're gonna play a. a play a couple basketball games, you know, back to back the the second and third in the pavilion. And, you know, I think it's a, a dream come true for, for many. And, you know, it doesn't happen without great people and great partnerships. You know, um, the city of Waco uh, has been a, a tremendous partner, you know, mayor Meek and, and, you know, city manager, Bradley Ford and, uh, they've been, you know, phenomenal, um, have helped obviously, um, financially, but, but also just the cooperation and, and, uh, and the location and, uh, and working together. And I think the, the connection between Baylor and the city is really going to serve the, the community. Well, um, it doesn't happen, um, without, you know, Paul and Alejandra Foster and, you know, a hundred million dollar gift to, to Baylor University, seventy-five of it for the uh, for the Foster Pavilion, and so they're instrumental, and all of our other donors that that go alongside that. Um, it has been it has been tremendous, and uh, the fact that uh, that it's actually gonna gonna become a reality here in the next in the next two to three days is is awesome. You know, no stress level. Um, uh-huh. we're going to, we're going to play both games. And, you know, I, I think the, uh, the, the in seat experience, fan experience, the, the arena itself, um, will be ready. Um, I think our fans are going to, uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. There's going to be some things maybe cosmetically that, that aren't 100% complete yet and some landscaping, some signage, but, uh, but I think our, our fans will receive the, the full in-seat experience and, uh, and looking forward to it. Are, are you all seeing a huge ticket demand? Uh, I know, you know, folks will want to be at that first game for sure, and then the women play a great conference game, so that'll be a fun matchup on the third. But what is the, what's the demand been like? Because the students are obviously out of town. Some of them will try to get back in town for this. But what are you seeing from uh, from the, from the Bear fans and the season ticket holders? Yeah, so for the men's game, that's that's sold out. And you mm-hmm. know, when we went through the the seat selection process, you know, we've got you know high demand, sold out of season tickets, right? Um, and you know, grateful to Javon and her staff, they they put together a a, a ticket return program called the uh, Pack the Pavilion. And uh, we've we've always had a ticket return program, but I would tell you that this is next level, um, very robust. You know, uh, a person dedicated to it, and so just making sure that you know for men's games that uh, when when you can't come, when you can't use your ticket, that we can take that ticket and we can give it to a faculty staff member or we can give it to a student, etc. So the demand has been been extremely high. And then for the women, I, we we still got some work to do um, in terms of selling that game out on the on the third. But we'll have a a great crowd as well. And 
you know, I, I think our fan base is, is beginning to, to get ramped up and, and, and behind Nikki. When you think about, you know, what she's done with the program, obviously ranked, you know, 10th right now and, mm-hmm. and undefeated in, in non-conference. And, oh, by the way, a pretty big game down in Austin yeah. um, to, to tomorrow. But, uh, you know, we expect the uh, the Foster Pavilion to be to be full, you know, every every time we uh, we play, we play a game. All right. And, and this, how's the court look, by the way? I've seen the mock-ups and everything. I really, I've had a chance to take a tour. I, I really wanted it to be opening night. That's like I wanted to put my eyes on it and walk in there, kind of like most every fan. That's what I've been really excited about. But like, what is the, how does the court look to the eye? Is there some last minute painting or anything that's happening, or is it all? Where did you get your eyes on it today to to see? Is it all? Is it all ready? The the uh, the court is one hundred percent ready, completely okay. finished. Um, it is clean. I think it looks, looks terrific. Um, you know, we, we kind of asked if maybe, you know, we could, we could have a few people add their initials there in the corner. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, wouldn't let us do it. We, we asked uh, actually on your behalf, Matt, but, um, but they, they would not, would, would not allow us to do it. So, but, uh, it looks, um, it looks terrific in there. I think the two, the two video end boards are, are really impressive. The technology, the rest of the technology, the, the ribbon boards, all of it. I think it's going to be a, a great uh, fan experience. All right. Uh, looking forward to it. Tuesday and Wednesday. And, Mac, I would think, what, arrive early, uh, maybe shuttle over, take advantage. Is there anything we need to uh, I need to be pressing our listeners on in terms of uh, I would think get there early is probably a good thing, and then maybe you know heck maybe take Uber or do something. But the parking is going to fill in over time. But for these first couple of games, probably good to maybe take some shuttles, park across the street, walk. What's the what's the best uh, thought there? Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate you uh, you asking that. It's it's going to be a different experience because you're talking about a venue, you know, looking uh you know located down downtown or adjacent to to downtown and and so you know there's you know 1600 you know city parking lots within a within a 20 minute minute lot there uh, walk I should say there's you know 10 you know lots that will be downtown free parking with free shuttle service from, from heritage square. We've got parking obviously at McLean and, and Farrell with, with shuttle service. And so there'll be, there'll be plenty of, of parking, but uh, we do encourage particularly, you know, that, that first game for people to, to arrive early and, and take advantage of the, of the shuttles, but also take advantage of, of downtown, go, go to the restaurants, get, get a bite to eat and, uh, and take your time and, and make a, make a great evening of it. And, uh, and again, we're, we're excited and look forward to to seeing uh, a great, great crowd, both on, uh, on the second and third. Won't that be weird to park at the feral and then not go into the feral after all these years? Uh, It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of strange to think about. Well, listen, it was, I've been looking forward to it and uh, glad you're doing doing better and uh boy you've been through it through the ringer but i uh, i appreciate it by, by the way what is your favorite pop tart flavor do you have a we've been talking about this on the air 
uh, ever since that uh, strawberry frosted uh, Chris Kleiman and Sonny, whoever that quarterback is, Avery Johnson got involved in that. Do you have a favorite Pop-Tart flavor? Oh, yes, by far. It is the uh, the strawberry with the uh, strawberry icing with the red sprinkles. Um, <laughs> that That is... That is number one. That is a childhood memory. Oh man! And you would eat them. You would eat them untoasted or toasted, right? It didn't really matter. Yeah, I, I was never patient enough to toast them. They were good <laughs> right out of the box. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Appreciate it, and uh, man, look forward to seeing you at the pavilion. What a night it will be on Tuesday. Happy New Year to you. All right, Happy New Year. Great to be with you. Thank you, Matt. You bet. There he goes, uh, Mac Rhodes.